You're listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first guest and topic of today. Now, what have I told you that too much sugar in your diet can actually damage your eyes? Well, in the next twenty minutes or so, we'll find out why, as we'll be talking about diabetic eye disease with Dr. Morton Braylin, who is an associate professor at the Department of Ophthalmology and Visual Sciences at the Chinese University of Hong Kong. Welcome to the program, Dr. Braylin. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thank Thank you so much for having me on your show. We are on Facebook Live as well. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio Three is the page to go to, and feel free to drop us a comment or any questions、uh, you may have. So perhaps you can sort of outline a little bit for us what is the connection、uh, between sort of diabetes or, or a lot of sugar in your blood and eye problems? Yeah, so diabetes is obviously that condition where there's a high level of circulating sugar or glucose.、Uh, the medical terminology we use for that is. Hyperglycemia,、um, but essentially hyperglycemia causes damage to blood vessels, and so it affects really the whole of the body. And most of the organs of the body will be affected by hyperglycemia to some extent. But the ones that seem to be particularly prone to damage from high blood sugar are things like the kidneys, the heart,、uh, the peripheral vasculature, and of course the eyes. And I guess for the eyes, the main part that's being damaged is at the back of the eye, a structure called the retina. And within the retina, we have a very fine network of small blood vessels, and they're very fragile and prone to the damage of hyperglycemia. Yeah. Does this sort of happen over time? So, in other words, does it sort of happen to older people, and are they more sort of at risk? Yeah, that's right. So it tends to be an accumulation of damage. So it seems to be the case that the longer your high blood sugar is present for. Uh, the more damage occurs, and therefore the more likely you are to develop diabetic eye disease. Which may sound like good news to young people, but I'm afraid that may not be true because if you compare our diet to <laughs> sort of our grandparents' diet, perhaps we're eating more processed food, and perhaps we're eating food that contain more、uh, sugar than ever. Yeah, absolutely, and this is why we think the number of diabetics is going up in the world. So even just a few years ago,、uh, the World Health Organization estimated we probably have about 420 million diabetics in the world.、Um, but the really worrying statistic is. That they're predicting that that number will double in the next twenty years. Double.、Mm, so we're really going to have a lot of work cut out for us in in the healthcare industry, looking after diabetics.、Mm. And if you look at the statistics here locally,、um, it's probably one in ten of Hong Kongers that have diabetes.、Um, and Uh, the diabetologist might even suggest that that's an underestimation. So, seven hundred thousand is probably the lower limit of the estimation of how many diabetics we have here in Hong Kong. Wow, and that's just a conservative guess. There、yes. could be more sort of underlying problems. Now, how serious are these? Some of these eye issues, and perhaps you can give us a list of what sorts of things might、yes. might af- affect the eye problem. Sure. So, I mean, every structure within the eye is affected by diabetes,、um, but on the retina more specifically, those are the structures. That、um, can lead to permanent sight loss, and so they're the ones that we tend to take quite seriously.、Um, and they're broadly divided into two diseases. One of them is called diabetic retinopathy, and the other one is diabetic macular edema.、Um, so, perhaps diabetic macular edema needs a little bit of explanation. There's a lot of medical terminology, unfortunately, but the macula refers to the central part of the retina, which is the most sensitive part, and 
the center and the retina is the one that catches the light yes, yes. that's right okay. so, so like the retina camera. yeah absolutely just like a camera so the retina is the light sensitive membrane uh, that sits at the back of the eye and it can be thought of essentially as uh, a wallpaper lining of the back of the eye and as you rightly say it's its function is to absorb light and convert it into electrical pulses that then pass down to the visual sensors of the brain allowing us to see and it's um, extremely delicate structure so small changes in the retina lead to unfortunately quite dramatic effects on the vision and as we were saying the macula being the central part of that retina is the most sensitive part and uh, and, and that's why we need to take extra care of any changes in the macula region um, I think last time we had Dr. Perman Chan talk about glaucoma and how that sort of restricts your your, your vision. How how are you, how's your vision then restricted or, or affected if you have? I'm going to try and say it, diabetic macula edema. Um, That's edema. right, diabetic <laughs> macula. That's perfect. Yes. So the difference uh, with glaucoma uh, is that this uh, affects the macula, which is the central part of the retina, and so patients will see uh, a change in their central vision. Uh, essentially uh, blurring uh, is one of the first features as well as distortions by which I mean straight lines become wavy oh. um, and these symptoms tend to be quite dramatic um, so patients do present quite quickly once they've developed this condition um, which in a way is good because if we can start treatment prompt and early uh, then we can get better outcomes okay and which is the one when you sort of it, you get speckles of black in front of it. Ah, yes. So uh, that's um, probably that's not a, completely not a medical. Way to <laughs> yeah, it is. It, no, it, it is. It, if it, someone it, was to say, I've got some uh, floaters. Spots. Yes. Yeah, so they floaters, usually describe yes. it as floaters. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, um, and and that's a slightly different situation. But uh, it's when um, there's uh, essentially changes in the vitreous gel of the eye. Yeah. And what does that do? Uh, so the vitreous um, over time uh, degenerates uh, and. Uh, uh, and whether you're diabetic or not, we all have the same changes in the vitreous. Um, when we're born, the gel starts off as a solid material and over time it degenerates into a liquid. Uh, and in that process, it will create some floaters in the vision. Very rarely, floaters can also be a symptom of um, a serious retinal problem, such as a retinal tear or even a retinal detachment. Um, so we usually advise all patients that have new onset of floaters in the vision uh, to come and see a retina specialist so we can check the retina over yeah are there any sort of early signs that we can spot that you know something is wrong I suppose we don't want to wait until something as serious as that happens are there any yes. early signs that we, we know yeah it's it's one of those um, diseases where as I mentioned we need to get in early uh, with prompt treatment in order to preserve sight um, but at the same time um, we don't want it to reach the stage where patients are symptomatic so um, the best uh, thing we do for our diabetics is to monitor them on a yearly basis. So as soon as you know that you're diabetic, uh, you should at least have a follow-up once a year um, in order to check the retina and to see that the diabetic retinopathy or diabetic macular edema hasn't developed or progressed. Okay. And there's kind of two ways patients can do that. Um, one of them is to join a screening program um, where 
they go to a screening centre where they have photographs taken off the back of their eyes uh, on an annual basis. And then those photographs are graded and looked at. And if they reach certain criteria, then the patient's advised to go to the hospital eye service. Or you can go straight to a retina specialist on a yearly basis and ask them to check your eyes and to make sure that everything is stable. I suppose mm. prevention is better than cure. Prevention is always better than the cure. <laughs> and it's good to, to get your screening done. So when you go to a specialist, how should these photographs of your eyes look like? What would be uh, deemed as normal? And, you know, if your doctor says they're seeing certain things, what would be a bad sign? Yeah, so from the photographs, we grade... Um, predominantly the diabetic retinopathy. And as we were saying earlier, the diabetic retinopathy is a sort of accumulation of damage over the course of having diabetes for many years. And it's proportional to how well you've been controlling your diabetes. So obviously, if your blood sugars have been really high for a very long period of time, then, then the uh, changes in the diabetic retinopathy are more advanced. But diabetic retinopathy is a spectrum. So on the one end of the scale, the changes can be quite mild uh, and we're usually quite relaxed. Uh, we, we expect to see some changes at the back of the eye in all diabetics at some stage. Um, but on the other end of the spectrum, in the more advanced cases, uh, we need to jump in and provide treatment uh, to prevent further progression and sight loss. Yeah. Um, I read somewhere that apart from high blood glucose, um, high blood pressure mm. can also lead to it. You're well, absolutely right. Yes. <laughs> Where's the connection there and how will it affect our eyes? Yeah. So it's all to do again with the state of health of your blood vessels. So um, we know that high glucose, a hyperglycemia can damage the vessels, um, but it goes in conjunction with the high blood pressure and also high lipids, so things like your cholesterol. So these three um, comorbidities need to be managed together. Um, and it therefore requires often a, a, what we call a multidisciplinary team of specialists. <laughs> Normally what takes place is that your family physician would act as a central liaison to look after uh, things like your diabetic control, uh, your blood pressure tablets, and also monitoring things like your cholesterol and giving you tablets for that if your lipids go too high. Um, but it's also the GP's responsibility to refer you to the specialists um, if there are complications. So uh, we often get the referrals if uh, there's any notice of change in the screening um, photographs or if the patient complains of new visual symptoms. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about some of the symptoms. You mentioned just now blurry vision or wavy vision mm. as well. Mm. What other things should we be sort of more mindful about? I think those are the main ones. Um, and one way that the patients are also referred through to us is that as we get older and as we were saying the accumulation of damage from the diabetes gets more prevalent um, uh, patients anyway need to go to their opticians and so they have a, a usual checkup with their opticians and sometimes they find that the vision is not as good as it was on the previous years and so the referral can come through from them as well yeah. um, and then when they come through to us, there's a whole myriad of tests that we perform uh, to establish and grade um, the extent of both the diabetic retinopathy as well as the macular edema, so any swelling of the macula. Um, and based on the results, we then decide whether it's reached the stage where we need to start treatment.
Yeah. Well, before we get to the treatment part, can can it be sort of reversed? I mean, if you control your diet, um, say, you know, control your cholesterol, less sugar, less salt, uh, less fat, um, can those be reversed? Yes. I mean, some of the changes that we see at the back of the eye, um, um, which might have been diagnosed uh well, might have been seen at the first point of diagnosis of diabetes. Uh, some of those changes are reversed once the patient starts to control their sugars much better. Okay, so, there's hope for yes. our listeners listening. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and so it is the mainstay of treatment for um, all of the patients we see with diabetic eye-related complications is, is to really um, uh, emphasize the importance of the sugar control um, and, and obviously to liaise with the family physician to make sure that that's being uh, monitored and looked after. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about treatment. What are some of the treatment options available? Mm, so there's essentially two main treatments. Um, for the diabetic macular edema, which is the swelling of the macula, where the macula has a, a, a sort of fluid swelling uh, in the very center. Um, for these um, uh, patients, we now have, a, a, over the last 15 years, a revolutionary treatment, um, which has a very long name. It's antivascular endothelial growth factor treatment. Now, we, we tend it's very to shorten Yes, exactly. <laughs> we tend to shorten it down to anti-VEGF, which is a little bit more memorable. Um, but essentially, these treatments became available sometime around 2006 and completely revolutionized the way that we manage this condition as well as others. Um, it's uh, an injection that we need to give to the eye. And a lot of patients feel very apprehensive about having an injection into the eye. It feels very invasive. It's, you know, yes. I think we're used to the eye drops kind of treatment. Yes, that's right. Um, unfortunately, this treatment can't be given either as an eye drop or as a tablet. So it needs to be given as an injection. And it's given also as a course of injections. So yes, they, the patients get to know me quite well yeah. because they come back regularly. Um, if not uh, just for the monitoring, but uh, in the beginning, uh, the, the injections are quite frequent. So on a sort of four to six weekly basis, we want to be giving the treatment. Um, and where is the injection given? Is not near the eye area or is it? Oh, it's in the eye. Oh, it's in the mm. eye. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> that's, why, that's why people tend to, uh, you know, get a little bit startled when we when we suggest this treatment um, so the treatment burden is worth it though because the results are absolutely fantastic um, it's certainly a lot lot better than the treatments we had prior to having these anti-VEGF medicines um, and we know how precious eyesight is I suppose it's definitely worth you know having yes. the injection in the eye yes Dr. Berlin when you say in the eye you actually mean in the eye in the in the eye and in the eye yes the needle needs to go inside the eye and and inject the medicine near the retina yeah in order for it to work and um, in the beginning of the treatment we we need to be giving these uh, injections on a monthly basis until we can see that the fluid swelling has dried up um, now even then um, months down the line the fluid swelling might come back and therefore we need to give top-up treatments um, but the end result and what we're aiming for is to keep the retina dry and that way the vision is preserved and and uh, the vision remains stable okay and it's a course of um, injections how, how how many injections would you get and yes so the average number um, is somewhere around seven to eight injections in the first year and then it's usually about half 
half that number in the second year. Um, And going from three years onwards, it's just the odd top-up injection. But that's a sort of average number um, because it depends very much on, as we were talking about earlier, how well is the sugar controlled? Because if you're fighting against a poor uh, sugar control, then, then unfortunately the treatment is probably a a little bit higher than that Um, um, and other likewise other patients don't need as many injections and it seems quite effective Um, how affordable are these treatments Ah, so that's the biggest problem we face at the moment is that the injections are very expensive Um, and they are um, regarded in Hong Kong as what we call SFI or self-financed items Um, so they are injections that the patients have to pay for they're not subsidized Um, and the costs mount up because you have to have such so many injections injections um, so so sadly for many it becomes unaffordable um, and we try therefore uh, various schemes to, to to try and help the patients to get their injections okay and finally as we mentioned just now prevention is better than cure um, how best to prevent um, diabetic eye disease I think the the main thing is uh, lifestyle change and uh, we were talking uh, before the show about uh, diets and and how prevalent sugar is now in everything that we eat uh, and and it surprises us where where sugar is hiding in everyday food items in um, sauces we were just saying yes, earlier, yes. my favorites ketchup and, and and sometimes they don't label it as sugar they might be sneaky in terms of high fructose corn syrup that's exactly. the worst yes, one yes yes that's the sort of way they hide the uh, the glucose uh, concentrations yeah the um uh, the, the the main thing is is changing diet and also changing lifestyle so uh, regular exercise stopping smoking is another very important factor um and um, and really making sure that you're compliant with the treatments. So when when you're given your diabetic medications, make sure you take them. <laughs> exactly. Um, mm. Finally, remind our listeners once again, Dr. Morton Brellin, have you got a website? I, I know at Chinese University of Hong Kong, they have a great uh, website of resources. Can you remind our listeners once again if they want to find out more information? Yes, so we have um, a website even for our department, uh, the Department of Ophthalmology and Visual Sciences uh, at CUHK. Uh, and I guess if they just uh, Google our department, they will find the the web uh, address. Uh, on there, we also give a lot of information about uh, our research that we're doing. And my research interest is is very heavily in uh, diabetic eye disease because it makes up such a big proportion of patients that I see in the clinic. Uh, so we're investigating lots of new novel treatments like light therapies and so forth uh, in order to see if they will help uh, in the long term for the diabetics as well. We'll have to invite you back to talk about light therapy yes i would love to thank yes, you yes i'd love mm. to have you back on thank you so much to you and your team for doing the great work uh, because you know eyesight is so so important and once it's lost it's harder to restore uh, dr morton brellin who's an associate professor at the department of ophthalmology and visual sciences at the chinese university of hong kong thank you so much for joining us we have a quick comment uh, on, on Facebook. Um, Christine says, I'm listening from the UK. I've just come back from living in Hong Kong after 23 years. Mm. Went to the doctor and have been put on a per diabetes cause. Have found this very interesting. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed, mm, Dr. Berlin. Thank great. you. My pleasure. Thank you.